This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good afternoon, family and friends and of Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Thank you for joining me on my program called Rise. I'm Renette Myberg, and this is the program where we give you hope, guidance, wisdom, and knowledge when real life happens in the family. And we often discuss relevant and often unspoken issues in the family, in truth and in love, but with God we can really rise to restoration and rise above all and together as a family. And we have got a very interesting guest with us this afternoon, Johan Marie. Um, We know him as de Kreisman, and he has been around the whole of the Western Cape. He's got an amazing ministry uh, called uh, John 3 verse 16 Ministries. Um, and he has walked around with a cross and I'm sure you all know him. Um, he wears this beautiful red T-shirt with He is Risen. But we're going to hear his story this afternoon. And I really want you people to understand this program is about, the topic is obedience is better than sacrifice. And this is where absolute obedience coming out of corporate world straight into asking the Lord, use me. And Johan has an incredible story that he's going to share with us. So thank you so much for joining us yeah. this afternoon, Johan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor and a blessing to Fantastic. I know you are very, don't (laughs) like the public light, but we are now pulling you in here so that you can come and tell your magnificent story. So we're going to take a break right now and we're going to have a good chat to you straight after this. Good afternoon and thank you for staying tuned with us this afternoon. We've got an exceptional guest here with us this afternoon and I'm sure he, he goes where nobody else wants to go. He has made a choice for the Lord that so few of us will even consider you know, just stepping out of the secular world into full-time ministry with complete obedience and in faith. And Johan, you have John 3 verse 16 ministries that have started and uh, a couple of years ago. And I just want you to tell us, you know, where you've been, who were you, and how come you became Christman. And we know that you have covered the whole of the Western Cape already, and the Lord has given you amazing assignments, and you don't blink an eyelid when he says, move, you yeah. move. Yeah. And you have a wonderful, wonderful <coughs> wife, Winnie, that has really stood by you and supported you. And, I mean, that is not an easy task for a woman to yes. sign up for a, on a yeah. really – <laughs> Not an easy task for a person that hasn't uh, got a ministry and a little yeah. building and all that stuff. That you yeah. just stay on the move and that she's willing to move with her. We have to honor and respect her for that. Yeah. So, um, Johan, tell us who you were and who are you now? <laughs> <laughs> I want to rather focus on the who I'm now. Yes. Um, <laughs> but just give us a but... background. <laughs> It's all important. You know, in uh, my previous life, um, before I became born again and met Jesus, I wasn't a nice person. And just in short, I had a very foul mouth, mm-hmm. really bad. In actual fact, a lot of people wouldn't want to talk to me in business, anything, because of my swearing. It was like part of my life, you know. And um, and I had a violent temper. And... Yeah, no, I, I wasn't a nice person. I couldn't care two hoots for um, anybody else except Johan, me, and I. 
You know, mm. that's what it was all about. And this one day when I, in Durban, uh, where I grew up, I'm Cape Townian, uh, born there in um, Karl Bremer, I'll say. Yeah. I'm Karl Bremer, but I believe them. And, <laughs> but I grew up in Durban. And um, I was, uh, I had a flat there and I was about to lose it and a car I gave back to the bank and things just wasn't going right in business, you know. I was very much doing electronics and stuff like that. And um, I just had enough of this, you know, struggling and and I blame God. Uh, I said, God, that's you. I didn't really know him, but I, I knew him. And I'll be quite honest. I know this is a modern South Africa, but I never knew the person Jesus. The, the, the particular church I went to a little bit of my life um, when I was younger, um, they spoke a lot about God in the era, but I never heard the name Jesus. So I didn't really know who he was. Okay, that sounds funny for South Africa, but I'm telling you that's a fact. And I went, uh, I had a little scooter thing, and I went up on a mountain there in Berman Bush in Durban. And I said, I'm going to put God in his place now because, you know, he's really messing me around. And just remember, I was not born again. I did not know Jesus. So my actions was not that of a person that knew God. It was of a person that was angry with God. And I went onto this mountain. I parked there, and I swore God badly. I'm, I'm seriously. I'm not, I'm not um, proud of what I did. Um, but that led me to my life being changed. I saw God so badly, and I'll be quite honest, when I was finished, I thought, hey, I put him, you know, I'm a Marais. Marais are very, sorry, stubborn people, yes. uh, <laughs> hot-tempered people. Mm. Uh, what we say is right, you know, nobody yes. else. You know, that's that's the way I was brought up, you know. And so I said, I've put God in his place, you know. I mean, seriously, I really, the, the <laughs> words I used was not. Was Savory. Not, no, 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 no. And I'll never forget, I walked back to my little scooter thing, and I went back to the same spot. And although you can't see me now, people can't see me now, but I pointed my hand up there, and I saw God again, really bad. And I said, you know what, if you really care for me and love me, prove it. And those words... You should not have challenged. <laughs> Don't challenge God. I went back home and just carried on with normally with my struggles and that. And then I met another guy, Chris, for some work I was doing for a company. I even did uh, work for, for Grinnell and things like that, electronic stuff and that. And what happened there is, is that from that meeting, he invited me to church. Um, it was an archaeist church on a bluff, and he forced to come and fetch me. At first, I didn't want to go, so then I went. And I went to a prayer meeting, although I didn't want to go, and it was um, the last day before the 1st of May. Now, 1st of May is a public holiday, and the pastor there, Pastor Niemand, he called a prayer meeting because the Satanists were gathering there, and it was their headquarters and whatever. So we went to this prayer meeting, but I didn't want to go. I mean, I got to a prayer meeting, and... You know, um, didn't quite understand what they were doing. And in any case, at the prayer meeting, um, I waited till the end. Uh, they, they started at 7 o'clock to 12 o'clock. I actually left. And as I was driving down my car, I lit up my cigarette and I got out to do something to the car with the lights. And a voice said to me, I must go back. And I went back and I went to the front of the church because I wanted what they wanted what they have, you know, mm. um, that's what I was wanted to, 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 it wasn't a normal Sunday church, you know, oh, yes, hey, the pastor's on fire running around, you know, well, I don't know, those 
pas af. Luister, luister, is jou. Afrikaanse kerk, jong, jou, en hy prik, en hy prik, en hy prik, oh, hierdie mense, dit is nie lekker nie, dat is nie ietsie lekker hier, so nie, mm. maar in any case, when I went to the prayer meeting, was different, and what they had there, I wanted, mm. and I was longing for that, and after the prayer meeting, I said to Chris, you know, um, I need this, you know, so the pastor prayed for me, Pastor Niemand, he put me on the chair and he started, and all I remember is he put his hand just on my head like this, he didn't touch it, and I felt this trickle going through me from the crown of my head right down, you know, whoa, it was something I've never experienced before. Wow, I was lightened. Now, this was about half past 12 or quarter past 12, something like that, and I drove all the way to um, Morningside, which is about 40 minutes. Mm. I got back at my flat about one o'clock. <laughs> And I felt a different person. I didn't want to smoke. I didn't feel like wow. smoking. It was just no desire, you know. And I got home, and honestly, at that particular time, I could, I've never prayed in my life. My father used to say like a funny Afrikaans thing when I eat. I can't even remember it anymore. But, you know, so I couldn't pray. Honestly, I didn't know how to pray. And what I did is I said, no, I, I need more of this. Whatever this I've experienced. And I went into my bedroom, and I fell on my knees. And I just put my hands up, and all I said is, Jesus. What? Loud, I think, you know. That's all. I was going to pray, but I don't know. So I just said, Jesus. And all of a sudden, my whole the whole bedroom, I was on my own, single, not married. Um, this was filled with light. And I, I, can, I can't really explain, because it's an ex, it's something it's that so happened. Personal. I can't explain, but my words of explaining is, I felt this love saturating me, coming in mm. droves, and it just got stronger and stronger. And the whole night there, I was actually just, the Lord was just filling me with his love and that experience. <laughs> I, that, that carried on the whole day. And I stopped working the next day because I wasn't interested. I stopped, the Lord set me free from 40 guns and planes a day, which is a lot of cigarettes. Yes. Guns and planes are very strong <laughs> cigarettes very strong as well. <laughs> and the next day, now, Remember, I knew nothing really about Jesus. I knew nothing about God. And I thought, well, this is the way you meet God. And But he only visits us. Now, this sounds crazy, but I didn't think it was crazy at the time. He only visits us 1 o'clock in the morning. So the whole day, in great expectation, I did nothing. There were no cell phones and those kind of things. Yeah, time, yeah. And in great expectation, I didn't even have a Bible, so I just sat there and waited till one o'clock that morning. And I went into my bedroom and I said, Jesus again, and I had a different experience the whole day. The next day, the same thing. That sounds crazy, but for me, that no, was No, well, that normal. was your journey. It was my, you know, strange way of, you know, but God only visits us one o'clock in the morning. This is you at one o'clock. And it was the same thing the following day, mm. but the fourth night, nothing. So then Chris came and saw me, and I explained to him, and he just laughed. You know? <laughs> so, so that's how I met Jesus in in, in, in short, such a personal, in a very personal way. way. You know what I mean? And he, and he radically transformed me. He took away a lot of things out of my life. That violent temper, the swearing. I never swore again. I, I, believe it or not, I haven't sworn again. I, I that now I drive a car with some fellow brothers and they get impatient with the taxis. I just <laughs> smile at them. A lot of people won't believe me, but you know. And then immediately from that time, God called me to the first time in ministry is to um, go to the streets, make a pot of soup and give 
the, the street people. In Durban, we call them outies. Yeah, they call them something different there. They call them outies. Um, yeah, we call, they call them, them burgies. Burbergies or mm. something. Yeah. Yes. But there in Durban, <laughs> we call them outies. And that's what mm, I did. The amazing gosh. thing is that I was a very proud person. So for me to actually do that. Yes. It was very difficult. Mm. God really, really, cool really shaped that. me to do that. I mean, he even sent me, the Holy Spirit even sent me to the Edward Hotel. I said, Lord, I can't go to the Edward Hotel. I mean, that's a lonely five-star hotel there in Durban. And there I drive and I park my car at the main entrance. You know, we park. And they look at me and I get out and there's Outie sitting there and I give him some bread and, you know. And that's how I started my walk with the Lord. From there, it's, I went to. It's into, small, but it was taking you on a journey. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where it started, and God gave me a compassion, a compassion for the mm. lost, and that's where it started at the real mm. people that are really uh, down and out, you know. Powerful, powerful, and then and then uh, you know you said uh, okay. I don't want to actually start something else now because of, there's so much to your story. Um, you know all the different assignments the Lord has given you, all the the different instructions, and as I said, uh, you know we uh, have come to terms with the fact that uh, God has really called you to places where many of us don't want to minister and wouldn't consider ministering. So I just want to take, we're going to take this break right now, and then we're going to continue straight after this, because I we have to hear your story. It is phenomenal. Sure. Good afternoon, family. And I'm sitting here with a smile on my face this afternoon. Really happy to have met Johan Marie. Um, I think many of us have seen him around the Western Cape uh, with a cross, the man with a cross, the Kreisman, uh, one of our fellow presenters called him that. And I think it's so profoundly true of who you are. And you wear this, he wears this beautiful red t shirt. He's risen. And this is how he goes and ministers, him and his wife, Minnie, Winnie. Um, and they just do phenomenal work wherever they go. And they are meeting the needs spiritually and with food for those that are outcasted and lost and have major setbacks in life. And I really love who you reach. But you've also gone on different assignments like to Madagascar and India. Just share a little bit about that, Johan. Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. Um, I just want to quickly mention, when I was doing uh, Feeding the People, um, which I think is a relative and maybe somebody needs to hear it. Mm. Um, now, I'm a person, as a Christian, I believe in angels. Mm. Um, I've had many encounters with angels um, in the ministry and all kinds of things. Um, and this one particular day, I was um, getting ready to go and feed the people. And normally, um, I would drive to this particular shop and i go and buy. I had my soup and i go and buy, like, 10, 20 loaves of fresh bread, lovely fresh bread. And I stop at the shop and I get myself maybe a bar one and a Coke or something like that. So before I start doing that ministry. So I stop at this tea room and I always stop. And I walk in and I see there's an old man sitting with his head down, you know, right, just but very old. And I walked in, I came out, and I still said to the Lord, oh, here's my first customer. You know, you know I talk to the Lord like he's my friend. Mm -hmm. I've learned on this in my life. I talk to him not disrespectful, 
but he's my friend. He's my mm. father. He's 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 my papa. Com- yeah, and he's, he's your my, companion. He's my companion. You know, when I do ministry, walking on the cross, he's the only one I could talk to. There's nobody else to talk to. Exactly. You know what I mean? I go for hours on my own. Who must I talk to? You know. And so, so I still like kind of said, oh, "Here's my first customer." You know, I wasn't doing business, but you know, just my yes. first customer. So I took a nice cup of hot soup and a couple of slices of bread, and I went to this old man, and I tapped him on his shoulder, and he looked up. You know, when he looked up, I saw this beautiful face mm. and this light, like shining, this love shining out of mm. his eyes. And he looked at me, and he took the bread and the soup, and he just smiled at me. Mm. But I've never seen such a smile in my life, mm. such a beautiful smile. And he just looked down again and sat down again. I thought, wow, this was at the time. And I went back to my car, and I turned around, he was gone. And I believe that it was an angel. You know, it was like yes. the Lord was showing me that at that time he was pleased with what I was doing. You know what I mean? Yes. So I thought I'd just mention that because it's not that we must look for a sign. I don't think the Lord wants us to look for a sign, mm-hmm. but God guides us and shows us many things. Mm-hmm. And, and he wants to see if you're actually going to do it. Yes, that's also another that's thing. That's another wants, thing. Yeah, yeah. Are you up for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you up for this? Because, yeah. you know, we often... Uh, retract out of no confidence within ourselves and thinking that are we going to make a change or is this what I need to do and then he comes conf- back with signs. Like, it's like a confer- confirmation yes, and you know so, absolutely yeah, yeah. beautiful. So you know and from there what what were the instructions that I know some of them were woolly and wild yeah. um, that he I think most of them are weird but in any case <laughs> but so. But he te- these were your times of testing to say, will you go yes, where I say you need to go? It, yeah. So just give us an no. indication of um, the calls that you've had at, and instructions that you've at, had. At that particular time, I had no um, uh, c- uh, communication or fellowship with Indian people. Now, Durban, of course, is a lot of Indian people, not yes. like the Cape, okay? And so the Lord put another brother, Stephen. He's actually a pastor in um, full-time ministry now on my path. I was selling columns and he came and we that's how we met. And uh, so that was the first Indian. And then the Lord uh, put a desire in my heart. He put it there to go to India. I mean, India is not an easy country. Very difficult very country difficult. to minister. And in. he put that desire in my heart. And then he started training me. And that's the, the you know, one thing is with, I found with the Lord is if he gives you a desire on something, like we were talking about wanting to go to Ireland just now. Yes. Um, He's starting to put that design in my heart to go to Ireland and to Israel to walk with the cross there. That's busy happening now. I'm not finished yes. yet, bit, but you know. It's and that's what he did there. And all of a sudden, I was meeting all these Indians and I was ministering at churches in Chatsworth and Phoenix and those places and going into houses, doing this demons and all heavy stuff, okay, with, mm. with the Hinduism. And he was training me up to go to India. I didn't even want to go to India. And then all of a sudden, Lord, Got Is that what you wanted to go? So that's what I did. And I prepared for that. And I went just cold turkey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got a plane ticket. I still, uh, I was working for myself, obviously doing electronics. I had money for the plane ticket. Uh, and 2,000 rand, turned that into $200. Those years were still good years. You know, the rand was still yes. strong. Off in faith, I went to India. India. Just that story could take six weeks to tell you. But <laughs> in India... 
there a lot of things happened. All of a sudden, when I was praying for people, they were getting healed in front of my eyes. I couldn't believe wow. it. You know, it was really an experience. I was I went up to the mountains, twenty kilometers from Himalayasi, and it was just wow. I came back a different person. Of course. I want to tell you, if somebody wants to, their life's changed and have a little bit of a different outlook in Christianity, go to India. Not Israel. Israel is good, but go to India. Your mm, eyes will open come. to needs that is sure. so relevant in this That's world. where the Lord yeah. showed you yeah. this is who you are going to yeah. minister to. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. So then from there, I came back. And then, of course, everything changed. I started doing crusades, um, outreaches, big outreaches, bands in Durban. Things just changed. I mean, in the city of Durban, we're praying for people. The blind eyes are open. Deaf ears are open. You know, all of these miracles are happening there in our city. You know what I mean? You think yes. it only happens in those countries. But mm. yeah, it was actually happening in Durban. You know, the different squatter camps. And I was, wow, it was a different way of doing ministry. The Lord really mm. anointed me to, you know, where it says, you, you, you'll preach the gospel Anoint you to preach the gospel. The blind will hear. The deaf will hear. All of those things. Those are just happening. You yes. know what I mean? It was really amazing. And it came out of just your naive obedience. Yes. That's, mm. that's all. That's that's all it is. Then the Lord laid Madagascar on my heart. So, it's so, one of my dream countries I want to go to. So, so, but now, I kind of shared my experiences with people, and nobody really wanted to go with me because they knew, okay, you're going to go if you are There's no time. Yes, <laughs> just go. With you just go. There's no clock. No structure. When you go with your hand, there's no structure. You just go. And a lot of people can't handle that. You of know course what I mean? not. Yeah. So for me, I think it's normal. Okay, your life is not normal. <laughs> so, so no, that's normal. normal to you, but not uh, I went. Normal. I took another uh, brother, Sean. He's in England now. I took him with. And we fly there. Nobody else wanted to come with, but Sean came with. So when we got to Antanarivo, we met up with some people there. We got cold turkey, you know, no preparation. So we met up with some missionaries from America, and then we prayed, and I prayed, and I went to him, and I said to him, Sean, the Lord wants us to go to the south, Fort of Hay, but we're not going to fly, you know. So, hey, he's struggling with this lot, you know. So the Lord gave him a scripture. I can't remember the exact scripture, but it says you go by the road by south, etc., through the desert. It's exactly the scripture. So we went to Fort of Hay. By the time we got to Fort of Hay, Sean, I mean, he's a lovely brother. He's he's full-time missionary now in England for somebody there, some organization. He took the plane, next plane back to <laughs> Too much to South Africa when I told him that I believe the Lord wants us to walk up the coast back to Antariva, 160 kilometers. And he says, okay, Johan, you uh, can here's the extra dollars the church blessed me with. Uh, I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did, you know. And that's where the walking was the training no, no, for the walking. No, yeah, that see? was the training for that the walking. That was the training yeah. for no the walking. No cross yet, but, you know. Mm, mm. Then I came back, and then I organized a, a big conference there with some other people, and we went up, we took a whole team there. Then I came back, and then I married my wife, and went f uh, straight virtually full-time ministry. We opened a mission, took in street people. And I did a church. I built a church. I'm not a pastor, but yes. I had to. I had to pastor three churches. Start for them all to fail. Then God says, "Well, now how many times do you want to understand? Yeah, he's near pastor, you know. You're not a pastor. Mm. You know what I mean? That, that's not your calling. You know what I mean? And many that's times right. people go into their calling. They think it's their calling, that's but right. but you know what? Sometimes we got to eat our heads it's, hard. Mm. And that's what happened in my case. Three times. I mean, I opened a church and not. Doing nothing happening there, you know. Mm. Um, but in any case, um, 
we, we sold a farm, bought a house in, in Durban, and the ministry continued. Um, and then uh, we started, we actually started going to Mozambique to do ministry there. And when we were in uh, Mozambique, I got malaria, unfortunately. Nearly died of it. Mm-hmm. It was in 2000. And subsequently, it was so bad, I couldn't even work. I couldn't even walk. And subsequently, then we moved to Hansburg. I continued the ministry. But I mean, I'm, I'm on my way to go and do big outreaches, big things at, the, at the, uh, the workshop in Durban. And his church is waiting for me. I had all the equipment, you know, to mm. go and do the ministry. And I pass out in the car from the relapses, from the, you know. And that's when we realized, okay, this is not working. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes, and yes. we prayed. And I visited my brother in Hansburg, my booty. And I felt good in the Western Cape because the humidity, yes, things like that. Yes, and yes. that's when we decided to give up everything and, and then to move to Hanspa. Now the next session we're going to talk about the Hanspa yeah. and what you're doing, what you did Fun. there and what you're currently yeah. currently doing. Amen. That is incredible. Oh, the time just flew on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, Johan, for your inspirational um, uh, journey that you're on and just how God just uses anybody who says, I'm putting my hand up, fully surrendered yeah. for your service. Amen. And makes no difference what it looks like if you're now pastor of 10,000 churches, but you have got an answer for that. But we'll chat about that straight after this. Thank you. Good afternoon. We've got Pastor Johan um, Marie in the studio. Correction. Correction evangelist. Actually, actually, I want want to actually change it. Okay, let's just. No, no, no. No? Missionary evangelist. Missionary evangelist. We have to remember that because (laughs) that is what you have been. Really trained yeah. to do, yeah. and uh, you have been really through a lot of good things, but also a lot of sacrificial training and having to stand in a full obedience yes. and go for the call that the Lord gave you specifically, yeah, specifically and yeah. uniquely, where your your church doesn't look like our churches. <laughs> so please tell us about that. Yeah. When we moved to Hansbar, I was really still recovering from the malaria. It took about a year. And uh, as soon as I could physically get going again, um, at that particular time, I couldn't play guitar. I had one, but I didn't know how to play it because music attracts people. So, you know, mm. I'm, I'm not and, and never been shy in giving out tracks. The Lord gave me boldness of that all my life. That is a ministry that I love. It's a sowing seeds. Um, a farmer can't sow unless anyone reap a harvest. So for me, as, as a, a follower of Christ, we need to sow the seed. Otherwise, there's no harvest. Plain and simple. Mm. When I walk with a cross or do a ministry and a person comes in and wants to give his heart to Jesus, it's not because of me. It's because of the seed. That's good. If there was no seed, he wouldn't be there. I was the just there. Door. God used me like when I was in Durban. He used me a lot. A lot of people came to the Lord. It was that particular time in my life. Hmm. So in Hansby, I love Hansby, if you can hear me. You all know that. But uh, the Christians are very lazy there. It's a nice holiday town, yes. and they relax. Sorry, they you guys know retirement. what I'm talking about. They in retirement. And I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get anybody to do ministry with me. It was very difficult. So I, I cried out to Lord. I even started showing the Jesus film there, there and Blompak and all those places. And it was lovely. And I said, Lord, what more can I do for you? Because I give out tracks and things like that. And when he was at the time visiting family in Durban, and the Lord said to me, um, and you know, sometimes we need to, when the Lord speaks, we must be Funny slow things. to listen. But mm. I'm stubborn, I'm quick, you know. 
It's one of my things. He, he teaches me. Um, and I'm learning, you know. Mm. And so the Lord said to me, spoke to me, and I said, Lord, what more can I do for you? I can't play guitar, this, but what more can I do for you? So the Lord said to me, I want you to make a cross, pick it up, and follow me and tell the people. So I said, Lord, but um, you know the scripture says, if, you, if you're my disciple, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. That's so right. I said, Lord, but I do pick up my cross daily. I know I, I fail you sometimes and I'm not perfect in that. And um, so the Lord says, no, you didn't hear what I said. I said, make a cross. I said, okay. And I said, okay, Lord, what, what's, how must I do that? Now, that sounds crazy, but some people might not believe me, but it doesn't matter. He gave me the measurements. 3.8 meters by 1.8 the length, 3.8 meters, so that's quite long. So I hunted for some timber, and I'm, I found timber down in Stamford, and I made this cross, and I have this huge cross there in the lounge, and I send a picture to my wife. Those were still the days of the blackberries, not so fancy now, but I send her a picture. She says, what's that? I said, that's a cross. She says, but it's the size of the lounge virtually. I said, well, Lord said I must walk with it. She said, okay. And at that time, I didn't think there was anybody else doing that kind of a thing. I thought this was weird. But I went ahead and I actually walked with this cross. It wasn't easy because I was very badly treated in, in Hansbar when I started walking with a cross. Um, the first time I just walked in the area down to France, Graal, etc. and whatever. And the, the following year, God called me to walk from Hansbar to uh, Waterfront, which I did. I won't get too much detail on that because that was just an experience. Over five days I did that. Wow, it was absolutely awesome. When I got to the waterfront, God healed a person that was demon-possessed, and they wanted to arrest me, the security there. That was a big thing. But in any case, the following year, God called me again to do the same. And then we moved to Cape Town. And I, at that time, I was still doing internet, web design, selling stuff on the internet and designing websites and that kind of thing. That was mm, my, to my finance you know, and also, no, not, that was just my just living, your uh, living. My living yeah. yeah. And I, I was longing to go full-time ministry again. Mm, okay? yeah, yeah. And then my wife and I, we both prayed and God called us into full-time ministry. But I just wanted to take the trailer, the cross, the Jesus form. My projector and everything, just put on a trailer and hit the road, wherever the Lord leads. But that didn't work. So, Lord, we ended up in, the Lord sent us to Fishhook. We stayed in the tent there for a, for a month. Now, we're not sure what. And that's when God called me with this task. And that is to visit every single town on the Western Cape with the cross. Obviously, drive there um, and walk in the, the, the town. parameters of the town. Yeah, everywhere in the town as the Holy Spirit leads. Pray and intercede, pull down strongholds. Mm. But the interesting thing is, in Hansbar, oh. when I started, now as an evangelist, we all know guys who are evangelists out there, we love this microphone. We love to preach. And the Lord said to me this interesting thing is that he says to me, Johan, when you walk with a cross. Now, I never did one-on-one -on -one ministry. It was mm. all basically uh, crowds, you know. Mm. Although the Lord trained me up for that, because it's not that easy just to take a microphone and speak in front of a thousand mm. people or, you know, whatever. Um, so the Lord says to me, I'm not allowed to preach. So I said, Lord, that's a bit hectic. I mean, you know, you trained me to preach. The Lord says, no. So I said, Lord, what must I do? So he said to me, your cross is going to become your pulpit. Sure. And your message is the cross. Wow. You don't have to speak one word. And the people come to you. 
I said, wow, Lord. And I started walking with a cross and hands, but like that. Never preached. I give out the tracks, but I never preach. And I tell you what, I can stand here on this main road here in Belleville or wherever, and people will come because the cross is the answer. Jesus is the answer, and they attract it. Some people swear me. Some people really fluke me badly. Eh? Mm, I all imagine. I do is I just pray for them. I just pray for them, bring them before the Lord. You know what I mean? Mm. So from there onwards, we started in Fishhook, mm. and to date we've visited 203 towns Fantastic. in the Western Cape. Many things happened uh, when we had drought in um, Cape Town. God sent us to Theobald's Cliff Dam. We, my wife and I, with the motorhome, our gospel van, um, we stay. We stood in the dam for 21 days and interceded. The dam was empty. Well, you know what? We had a prayer meeting. A lot of people came. Massive, a couple of hundred people came from all over during that particular time. A lot of people interceded with us. And, well, for the last few years, it's overflowing, eh? It's a fact. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> God is so faithful. It's overflowing. So that's really amazing. That's one of the things. Like, so it's, besides going to towns, the Lord speaks to me about doing something. Mm. And that's where the obedience and the sacrifice it comes, comes in. You know what I mean? Yes, so basically yes. what happens is when God tells me now to do something, um, there's quite a few examples that I can give you. I don't know how much time we got. We haven't got much time, okay. but maybe give us one. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I'll give you one recent. Easter weekend, I walk with a cross in Seapoint. And I walk past the pub and the people were checking. This was late at night. Okay. This was, that was the Saturday night. The first pub, there were a lot of drunk people and things like that. The second one. It's right at the end of Seapoint, and I walked around the circle. I was going home, it was, but it was late-ish, you know. It was like 9 o'clock or something already. Winnie was – sometimes we'll park at Seapoint, and I sleep there. I stay there in the motor, <laughs> me and Winnie. We love it. Mm. Well, I love it, so yeah. <laughs> she's there she's with me. <laughs> and I, was, I walked quite a bit, quite a few hours. And I'm going around the circle, and some people come out of this pub. And as I'm going around the circle, the Holy Spirit said to me, Johan, I want you to – Walk inside that pub with the cross. I said, Lord, you, you know, that's a hectic one, that. Lord says, well, you know what I've taught you? When I say to you, you must do something, just do it, you know? What's the worst thing I can do? They can either throw me out, punch me up, whatever. They, that's the worst that can happen, okay? That's all, you know? Or they can chase me away or whatever, you know what I mean? And a few people were standing outside because it was a real strange thing this time of night, a person walking with a cross. So as I walked around, they all ran into the pub mm. back when I'm heading straight for the pub. So I walked <laughs> into this pub, small pub, and I put the cross inside next to the bar counter. They're all sitting there. Okay. <laughs> uh, they don't know what's going on now. They didn't expect me to come back there. And I all gave them tracks, and I just said to them, you know, Jesus loves you. And this one guy, you see, now this is where the obedient part comes in. He needed this message. This one guy, he jumps on the cross, like riding it like a horse, and his girlfriend or whatever is hanging on there, taking pictures. I think it's all funny. And while they're doing that, nobody's laughing. It was the strangest thing because it's a pub. It was silent. Nobody's laughing. So now here's this guy on the cross that I walk with, and I wanted to rebuke him. So the Lord says, no, don't rebuke him. You just go and speak to him. I'll put the words in your mouth. So I walk up to the guy. So he gets off. So I walked in, and he comes to me, and I said to him, you know, what you just did was not right. You should not have done that. 
First, I wanted to really rebuke him. Hey, you get off my cross. You know, why are you doing this? Is God's a holy God, you know? Sometimes we want to do those things. He looks at me. He's just quiet. I said to him, what is your name? So he gives me some name. I couldn't make it out. Then he looks to me and says to me, you know what? I'm actually lying to you. My name is a, and he's a, he's a Jew. Okay. So he gives me a Hebrew name. He says, I'm actually lying to you. Why did he lie to me? I mean, I, you know? So I said, you know, I want to tell you something. You doing what you did to that cross, God is going to call you. He's going to save you. You're a Jew, but he's going to save you, and you're going to Israel, and you're going to walk with the cross there. The guy's eyes was just that big, like he couldn't believe it. Sure. And I just got on the cross, and I went back to the motorhome. You know what I mean? That was one of the, the many, it's, many it's things. Getting an so, opportunity, yeah. taking yeah. a very yeah. bad thing and yeah. giving that yeah. opportunity. Let me, let me put it to you this way. If you're walking down the road, not necessarily with a cross, forget about mm. the cross for now. If we followers of Christ, if we walk by the following of the Holy Spirit and you're walking down and you walk into the mall, tiger, tiger, and you see a person in need, spiritual need, okay, mm. and the Lord says, say to you, go and just tell that person Jesus loves you. You know, you don't need Bible school to tell people Jesus loves you. You don't need Bible school to tell people, hey, God loves you. Mm. And you do that. that. There's two ways that person can react. The first one is he can glare at you. Maybe three ways. Second one, he can give you a slap. Third one, he can swear you. Sorry, fourth one, he can say, wow, and maybe start crying. Let me tell you something. That person that's there, you might never see that person again. Mm. Never. That's an opportunity, and that's the way I walk my life now. So you take every opportunity. opportunity. Every opportunity where I am. That's Praise for me. Praise the I mean. Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise <laughs> the Lord for people like you. Praise the Lord for your boldness, for your absolute tenacity to stand firm and speak up for him and speak yeah. about him and go places where none of us want to go. And we don't even – we turn blind eyes. We walk past. We ignore. Yeah. We go following our own little worlds, and we lock ourselves in there. Yeah. Come on, guys out there. Get your get your uh, up and uh, get up and go and do something. Even if it's in the marketplace, in the workplace, speak up, yeah. reach out, talk about Jesus. And this is such an opportunity. Do not miss the opportunity. Can, can I do just a quick prayer? Please do. Can I do that? Thank I you, want Lord. you to do that for us. Thank you, Father. We come to you in Jesus' name, and Lord, I want to thank you for this opportunity that I can just speak in this microphone. And Lord, I know that. There are people listening to me right now, and maybe they're struggling with wanting to hear from you or not being obedient with you to your word, telling them what to do, to go out. Lord, we know time is short. We just have to look around us. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that whoever's hearing my voice, that if they do not have the boldness to go up and to take the gospel to the lost, that Lord, that you will give them the boldness right now in the name of Jesus, fill them of your Holy Spirit and let them be bold to just go wherever um, you send them and let them just be obedient to your voice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah.
Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. It's been such a joy and such a privilege to meet you, Johan. At last, after all these years, knowing who you are, but now I know who you thank, are. <laughs> thank you for the honor. And the so may the Lord just continuously yeah. use you uh, for all the years to come and honor you and your wife for her sacrifice Amen. as well and her obedience. So Lord, just bless you, bless you abundantly. May you go from glory to glory, from success to success Thank and upwards and forwards from this day onwards. Amen. And yes, take note, guys. Get out there. Go and spread the word. It is so worth it. Yes. And the rewards are great. And the harvest is out there waiting for us to go and speak to. So be safe. Look after yourselves. And we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. And have a happy week this week. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.